Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecock Show. I am your host, Matt Anderson, and I am your source for all things Gamecocks after dark. So, been a little bit since we've all hung out in, in this form. Um, for those of you that are, are finding this show for the very first time, um, I usually record this show live on YouTube at 9 p.m. Um, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of folks that, that come into the the YouTube stream and we have a chat box. It's, 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 it's really a good time and we have a, some really good conversations. Um, but we actually did the show this past week on Tuesday night because, um, the Gamecocks had a big game in Alabama, um, Tuesday night. Obviously the Gamecocks lost that game and we'll talk more about, about that a little bit later, but yeah, normally you can find this show live on YouTube on Mondays at 9 PM. Um, we'll probably keep that going going forward um this past monday was just a little tough because the national championship game in college football was monday night and not only did uh, my producer phil and i want to watch the game but at the same time we we didn't want to compete with the national championship i don't don't think we would have had very many viewers on youtube so uh doing this show now on thursday um this is thursday january 11th welcome to 2024 if um you're still having trouble, you know, remembering that it's 2024 um, when you're writing your checks and, and whatnot. It is 2024, so I, I welcome everybody into the new new year. I hope this new year is a fantastic one for for all of you. Um, it's been great to me and my family so far, and 
Um, just really excited to see what this this new year has in store for us. Uh, yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, I joined Inside the Gamecocks, which is the live show that um, JB, JC, and Phil have um, every single weekday. It's on YouTube. It streams from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, fantastic show if you're kind of working through your your work day and, and just need um, some Gamecock content throughout throughout your afternoon, uh, mid-afternoon. It, it's a good show to, to listen to. You can put your headphones in and, and keep working and get a lot, a lot of great content. So I was on that show yesterday from 1230 to 2. We talked about a lot. If you haven't had an opportunity to, to listen to that show, I, I recommend you, you go back to listen to yesterday's show. But then also today's show, today's show on Inside the Gamecocks was fantastic. They had Chad Holbrook on, Stephen Garcia, and Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer, as you all know, is the head coach of the University of South Carolina. Uh, great, great content, and it's a show that I, I never try to miss if I can avoid it. So um, that's really where you can find me. Um, obviously on YouTube twice a week, doing it this way um, in podcast form on Thursdays. Sometimes it bleeds into Fridays, but but mostly Thursday nights. Um, so again, my name is Matt Anderson, and welcome into the show. A lot, a lot of stuff's going on with with Gamecock athletics right now. Um, well, we're going to talk a lot about the Gamecocks, but but first, I do want to make mention and um, kind of give my salute to Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban, who's, for my money, the, the greatest college football coach who's ever lived. Um, all due respect to Bear Bryant, but in this modern era of college football, Nick Saban is the greatest to ever do it and, and probably to have ever done it in football college football's entirety. Uh, this is going to cause a, a lot of ripples across the college football landscape. I, I don't know who Alabama is going to hire. I know that Dan Lanning, head coach at Oregon, um, by all reports, has decided to stick around at Oregon. Um, I saw some reports about Lane Kiffin also deciding that he would stay at Ole Miss. Um, all these reports could be posturing. It could be coaches trying to get more money from their current school. It could be they don't want to follow a living legend at Alabama. Um, you know, despite you know, who Alabama hires next, I don't think we're going to see a run like we've seen in college football in Nick Saban's last 17 years at Alabama. So expectations are going to be high in Tuscaloosa. Uh, they're probably not going to be met, but Alabama is still going to be a, a top three, top five, top 10, top 15 program going forward. They just have too much history um, there. But you know, as it relates to the Gamecocks, uh, obviously South Carolina travels to Tuscaloosa this upcoming college football season. And, you know, regardless of who Alabama hires, the game just got pretty much easier than it was before. It's still going to be a monumental, monumental task for the Gamecocks to go down to Tuscaloosa and, um, and, and pull out a win um, next season. But it helps when Nick Saban is not stalking the sidelines. I uh, don't know what this means for Alabama going forward in, in this transfer portal era. I, I do think that um, you'll see some transfers out of Alabama that you might not normally have seen before. Um, just because Alabama players still, I think, as of today, have 30 days to enter the transfer portal because of their college football playoff um, appearance. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on Alabama. Um, whoever they hire, it's going to send ripples through um, pretty much – 
every coaching staff around the country because um, you know once a head coach is named at Alabama, there's going to be an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator name. They're going to be position coaches, and then that trickle down effect will happen throughout the rest of the country as um, the programs that that lost offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators or um, assistant coaches who coach particular positions. Uh, we're going to see see some changes throughout. So we'll keep you posted as as far as much as it relates to to South Carolina. Uh, as I said earlier, make sure you check out Inside the Gamecocks on the Chief Sports Network. Um, you can download the Chief Sports Network app. Uh, Mike Morgan was on the show today. He he's a regular. Um, he has a regular appearance on um, Inside the Gamecocks a couple times a week, and there's no better source for what's happening in the SEC and around the country uh, when it comes to college athletics than Mike Morgan. So um, stay locked in there. Stay locked, locked on the Gamecocks um, on that YouTube show. Um, if you can't catch it live, there's always a podcast, and then obviously I'm going to do my best to keep you posted on this show. Um, South Carolina does have some assistant coaching changes that have occurred since we last spoke. Uh, the the big one the big one so far is uh, Montario Hardesty was relieved of his duties at running back coach. Uh, Gamecocks are in the market for a running back coach, and it it looks like there are two leaders in the clubhouse: uh, Arkansas running back and co-offensive coordinator Jimmy Lindsey, and then Liberty's running back coach and um, assistant o- or assistant offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator um, Newland Isaac. I, I, I've heard behind the scenes for a while that Jimmy Lindsay would potentially end up at South Carolina over the years, but I can tell you right now that uh, while Jimmy Lindsay might want the job, and I, I believe he does want the job, I, I can't guarantee you that it's not going to be uh, Newland Isaac. Um, for Like I said, this is... Thursday, January 11th. I'm recording this at 8:11 p.m. All buzz right now seems to indicate uh, Newland Isaac from Liberty. Uh, you know, not not a lot is known about Newland Isaac outside of he was on um, Jimmy Chadwell's staff for a number of years. He um, can do some some he he probably be able to help with some tweaks into the running game. Um, knows you know Chadwell's offense inside, backwards, forwards, left, right and um, can provide some wrinkles to the Gamecock coaching staff and that offensive coaches room, which if you watch the Gamecocks this past year and in recent years, they definitely need to find some ways to be creative in the run game, and, and now the Gamecocks seem to have the horses to do it in that running back's room, um, obviously led by Rocket Sanders. So that's where we stand at running back. I, I can't tell you for sure who it's going to be. I would be shocked if it's not one of those two names. Um, and those names being Jimmy Lindsay or Newland Isaac, and we'll see what happens. I can tell you that um, South Carolina is very, very likely, if it's not already official by the time you hear this, to hire James Coley uh, to coach tight ends at South Carolina. So before we talk about Coley, let's talk a little bit about um, what that means. So I, I misspoke earlier. Coley is coming in to coach wide receivers, reportedly. If he's coaching wide receivers, that obviously means Justin Stepp is going to be either moving on to a, a different college coaching position or likely moving over to coach tight ends. Um, for all the the heartache and frustration that Gamecock fans have had with that wide receiver room, I personally will stand up and say that I think Justin Stepp is a heck of a wide receiver coach. And um, 
you know, whether he's a sacrificial lamb, I don't know. But I, I do believe that Justin Stepp was a top-tier wide receiver coach for the University of South Carolina. Um, but like I said, as of right now, it looks like he will not be the wide receiver coach of South Carolina next year. That will be James Coley. Uh, James Coley is 50 years old. He was born in Miami, Florida, went to Florida State University for college, um, has just a, a long track record as a coach, both at the high school and college level, also the NFL. I'll quickly um, read this out to you. Um, was a graduate assistant at LSU, uh, was an offensive assistant for the Miami Dolphins, was an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at FIU, um, was the tight end and recruiting tight end coach and recruiting coordinator at Florida State from 2008 2009. From 2010 to 2012, he was the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach for Florida State. 2013 to 2015. Um, was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for um, the Miami Hurricanes. From 2016 to 2017, uh, wide receiver coach at the University of Georgia. 2018, co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Georgia. And in 2019, was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for the University of Georgia Bulldogs. Since 2020, he's been at Texas A&M. Uh, wide receivers coach for two of those years, and then one of those years he was the co-offensive coordinator tight ends coach, and all signs point to him being the wide receivers coach at South Carolina. Um, as I talked about with JB and Phil yesterday, I, I don't have a Rolodex of every assistant coach in college football. Um, I'm still doing my digging on James Coley. Um, what I can tell you is that despite coaching at numerous name brand schools he has a heck of a track record as a recruiter i believe last time i looked at the numbers and don't quote me here but it's somewhere around these these facts and figures um has been the lead recruiter for eight five-star prospects in his career and over 45 four-star prospects and um i've i've what i've gathered so far and talking to some sources and talking to some folks that are connected to college football uh, Coley has deep roots in South Florida, deep roots in the state of Florida, uh, should have no problem getting into high schools and, and talking to um, these kids and, and seeing if they'd like to take their talents to South Carolina. Uh, as you all know, South Carolina, you know, traditionally ain't Florida State, ain't Georgia, ain't Texas A&M, and for that matter, aren't Miami, but um, – Guy knows how to recruit. Guy has a lot of connections, a lot of relationships. Um, sometimes it's good for fresh blood and fresh eyes to be on a position group. Um, with him taking over the wide receivers, there there is a clean slate for every wide receiver in that room. And, you know, as I was talking with JB and, and Phil yesterday on their show, people forget there's still another second National Signing Day that's coming up soon, and there's also a second transfer portal. So sometimes bringing in new blood after the after the dust has settled, when you think about um, the transfer portal, which seems to be the top of everybody's mind right now, and then also National Signing Day, uh, once you see what happens with you know players potentially leaving your program after spring practice, when you have fresh fresh blood and you know fresh coaching staff in place at you know potentially uh, Jimmy Lindsay, potentially Newland Isaac. Um, you look at James Coley, maybe they have a relationship with a player that fits the exact need that South Carolina has 
and they can get the Gamecocks in in the game for someone the Gamecocks wouldn't have had a relationship with with before. And when you look at um, especially the second national signing day and even you know the second transfer portal window opening, uh, there's going to be a lot of players that are looking for a place to go. And South Carolina definitely, definitely needs um, to add some more players um, to their roster next year. And, and I fully believe that you'll see the Gamecocks lose one or two um, more players before all is said and done um, from the transfer portal, maybe more after spring practice. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the last opening on the coaching staff right now. Um, so we talked about running back. We know that um, Justin Stepp will not be the wide receivers coach. James Coley is taking that over. But Jody Wright um, is leaving the Gamecocks assistant coaching um, family and has taken the head coaching job for the Murray State Racers. So there is an additional spot on the coaching staff. Um I don't know if it's going to be as simple as Justin Stepp moving over to tight ends, hiring a running backs coach, and and rocking with James Coley at wide receiver, but uh, still some dust to be settled. Uh, I think that this this coaching convention that took place over the last couple of days um, for college football coaches after the national championship, I think that there is a lot of networking going on. I, I can't say that you know this coaching staff is going to be intact when they make their next two hires, um, basically one hire and potentially a second one. But be on the lookout for that. Um, as always, stay locked into the bigspur.com. As soon as information is out there, I can promise you that Hale McGranahan, uh, Tony Morrell, J.C. Sherbert, John Whittle, Alex, uh, myself, and, and others will be um, dropping that information as soon as they are allowed to release it. But Exciting times. I, I know that forever it seemed like the NFL was a 365-day news calendar, and college football is becoming that. Um, absolutely becoming a 365-day news calendar type sport. And um, for me, I'm excited. I mean, I love college football. I love college basketball. I love college baseball. Um, I'm not that big of a fan of professional sports outside of you know watching the Braves when 
when I can, and then um, I'm watching some or well, a lot of the NFL. I'm a big fantasy football guy, but NBA doesn't do much for me, so I'm excited for these uh, the doldrums of summer that will be here before you know it, and having lots of things to talk about from a college football perspective. So, uh, before before we move on to basketball, um, for those of you that have missed it, and I know some people have. Uh, right now, South Carolina's transfer portal class is ranked um, sixth in the country. Uh, the Gamecocks have 17 transfer portal commitments, um, four of the four-star type and nine of the three-star type, and some other guys that look like have not been ranked yet. But sixth best transfer portal recruiting class in the country, um, piling on the 15-man recruiting class that they had signed on National Signing Day with chock full of high-level talent. So while the Gamecocks might not have had the numbers in the recruiting class, they definitely have the numbers in the transfer portal. Uh, we're going to go through those names very, very quickly. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because um, you can easily find this online. So don't, don't wreck your car trying to write all this down or um, you know, fall off a treadmill thinking about it. But uh, Gamecocks got an offensive lineman, Torricelli Simpkins III or Torricelli. I hope it's Torricelli. That would be really fun. Um, he is a transfer from, where is he from? Uh, from North Carolina Central. You have Monkel Goodwine, a defensive lineman from Alabama. Demetrius Knight, a linebacker from Charlotte. Um, Amari Huggins-Bruce, wide receiver from Louisville. Gage Larvadane, um, he is a transfer from uh, Miami, Ohio. He plays wide receiver. They picked up a, a walk-on quarterback, Davis Bavilli. Bellevue, Bavilli, you guys know him with this, but um, he was a, a scholarship quarterback at Oklahoma, didn't really participate much in games, but um, he's going to come in and, and be a transfer for the University of South Carolina as a walk-on. He put some more depth in that running back room. Um, Aaron Parks is an offensive tackle that also transferred from Oklahoma to South Carolina. Oscar Attaway, Raheem Sanders, those are two running backs we've talked about a lot on this show. Oscar Attaway makes his way from North Texas. Raheem Rocket Sanders from Arkansas. Um, Bengali Kamara, a linebacker from Pittsburgh. Kyle Kennard, a defensive end from Georgia Tech. Uh, Gamecocks got big news when Brady Hunt, who was um, rumored to be going to Texas A&M, um, decided to stick with South Carolina. He is a tight end from Ball State University. Jared Brown, a wide receiver from Coastal Carolina. Jawarren Howell, a running back from South Carolina State. Gerald Kilgore, um, a safety prospect, secondary guy. Um, he's transferring from transferring from Tennessee Tech, and he is the brother of Jalen Kilgore, who is also on the Gamecocks roster. Uh, DeAndre Jules, a defensive tackle from Pittsburgh, uh, making it three or four Pittsburgh guys that made their way to South Carolina. And Buddy Mack, who's going to be a walk-on at South Carolina at safety, also made his way from Pittsburgh. So... Uh, Gamecocks have a great transfer portal class, had a great recruiting class. I think Shane Beamer is um, clearly laying the groundwork for success in South Carolina despite the 5-7 and seven record this year. When you look at the rest of the SEC and the transfer, transfer portal, Ole Miss is number one in the country. Texas A&M is second in the country. And then you have the Gamecocks at sixth in the country. So the Gamecocks have the third best transfer portal class as it stands right now uh, with Missouri trailing them by one spot in the 24-7 um, sports transfer portal recruiting rankings. So if you're if you're a 5-7 and seven team and you are able to have a you know, top 20 recruiting class, 
coupled with a, a top six transfer portal class and the guys that you got back. And South Carolina did lose some folks, but it could have been a lot worse than what it was. Um, so pretty good news there. Gamecocks added seven or adding as of right now, 17 transfers. They lost 22 players from the roster last year. You're looking at roughly a third of the roster for next season being fresh faces for the Gamecocks, which can, can be a good thing or can be a bad thing. But right now I'm choosing to think it is a good thing. Um, some notable names that have left the program since we last talked, uh, Grayson Pup Howard transferred to Florida uh, four-star kid out of the recruiting class to, uh, last year. Um, never really found his footing at South Carolina. Uh, rumors are he got a little bit of homesick, wanted to go back to Florida. Um, I'll, 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 I'll let you guys decide if you believe that or not. Um, Cameron Sandlin, a tight end, uh, he's in the transfer portal. He um, is has not found a school as of right now. Um, he was a guy that the Gamecock coaching staff was pretty high on um, coming in. I didn't hear a lot about him this past um, season, whether it be fall practice or um, game game time season, what what have you. Uh, Stone Blanton, a linebacker, um, he started a lot of games in South Carolina this year. I know he was um, the BigSpur.com's you know fans whipping boy um, at linebacker. He's going to head back home to Mississippi and he's going to play for Mississippi State. Um, Jalen Nichols left. I think we talked about him. Um, really, nobody else that we haven't talked about that transferred out. Um, quick note, um, Tanner Bailey um, will be a, a student at um, at University of Auburn, but will not or Auburn 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 University, but will not be playing football. So um, whether he would have factored into the Gamecocks plans going forward, I know that South Carolina was high on his ability as a quarterback, but it sounds like he had a life calling to do something else. Um, so wish him all the best there. So that's the that's the quick football update. Uh, a lot of football going on right now. It's it's crazy, and we'll see what happens at Alabama with Nick Saban. We'll watch the dominoes fall from there. I mean, this is a crazy time in the football world when you have Nick Saban retiring, Bill Belichick leaving the New England Patriots, um, Pete Carroll either stepping down or being relieved of his duties and going to do something in the front office for the Seattle Seahawks in the NFL. Uh, I I never thought that you would see, you know, three legends like that um, leave all within a 24 or 12 or 6 or 2-hour period. Um, just absolutely crazy what happened in college football yesterday and makes it really, really, really fun to talk about. So, um, like I said, that, that's the football football stuff. Uh, Gamecocks basketball team, we'll talk about them Um you know, I had a I had a recap of the Alabama South Carolina game that um I, I I had a live on YouTube immediately after the game Tuesday night. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it briefly, but um really what I'd like to talk about is you know what the Gamecocks have going forward. South Carolina got off to a great start against Alabama. They were forcing turnovers. They were making shots. They got out to a big lead. Uh, but Alabama's run came, and South Carolina completely stopped doing everything that made them successful as a basketball team um, on the offensive end um, in Tuscaloosa. At, at one point, it just seemed like they, the Gamecocks wanted to get into a shot-making contest with Alabama. Um, that's not something you want to do with the Crimson Tide. They have a lot of shooters. They have a lot of capable player, players, and when Mark Sears is, is doing what he's doing, uh, it's going to be a tough night. I mean, I compared on a couple shows now that you know what Mark Sears did reminded me of a bigger left-handed Devin Downey. 
Uh, just absolutely fantastic performance. And when a guy gets going like that, it's hard to beat a team. But the Gamecocks have got to get back to moving the ball, passing, setting cuts, setting screens, getting good looks, and being unselfish. I saw a very selfish Gamecock basketball team in the last, I'd say, 25 minutes of the game against Alabama. And, you know, I was texting with a couple contacts during the game, you know, a couple friends of mine that are around college basketball or played college basketball. And, you know, at the same time, we all in the group chat said danger zone. And it got to the danger zone when the Gamecocks got down about four or five because you can kind of see the Gamecocks' will breaking and Alabama just becoming a tidal wave. And at that point, we all kind of agreed that, wow, if the Gamecocks can just cover the spread in this game and not get embarrassed, that that's that's good enough. But the Gamecocks did get embarrassed, um, had some had some things they'd probably like to take back. I don't think Michi Johnson really wanted to get that technical. Um, Gamecocks ended up losing the game by 27 points. Uh, still held Alabama 16 points below their their season average. And really and truly, Alabama really only had two guys that kind of led the way. Uh, you look at Mark Sears and Aaron Estrada. Um, they combined for 48 points. The Gamecocks only had 47 on the on the night. So essentially, two players beat South Carolina. I think that you know a lot of times you hear you hear college coaches and college analysts say, "Look, you know, just watch the watch the game replay once as a coaching staff. Watch it with your team. Cut it up. Make your point and throw it away." Um, if I'm if I'm head coach Lamont Paris, I'm not throwing that film away. That is going to be a constant reminder of what can happen when you when you don't do what you're supposed to do on offense, especially. Um, Gamecocks don't need to settle for shots going forward. They they've run a good enough offense that they can get they can manufacture their own shots and manufacture their own makes, and they got to continue to play tough, hard nosed defense on the other side of the floor. Um, you know, Gamecocks are are not going to be a team that gets really aggressive trying to force turnovers and steals and, and gamble. The Gamecocks are going to force teams to take tough shots, and they got their, the other teams going to have to make them. And I think if South Carolina does that, they will be just fine going forward. Uh, looking at the Missouri game, it's on the road. Missouri is always a tough place to play. Um, looking at Ken Palm right now, Ken Palm has the Gamecocks losing by one point um, at Missouri. Um Basically a coin flip game, according to Ken Palm and, and the computers. Uh, South Carolina has a um, has a great offense this year. I mean, didn't show against Alabama, but uh, Missouri's offense is is pretty much lockstep with the Gamecocks. Um, the biggest def- the biggest difference is that South Carolina plays a little bit better defense than Missouri does. Uh, Missouri just gave up ninety something points, I believe, or ninety points to Kentucky. And, and looking at this, uh, Missouri, um, what they do a great job of is, is forcing the other team to turn the ball over. Um, South Carolina does not really turn the ball over, so that's an opportunity there for the Gamecocks to kind of take a strength of Missouri and you know use their own strength and, and negate that. Um, Missouri does not do a great job at all um, of rebound, on the defensive rebounding side. Um, Gamecocks should have ample opportunities to get multiple shots up. Um, you know, if the Gamecocks miss, they can tip it out. Stephen Clark's been fantastic at that this year. So have a lot of Gamecocks and, and keeping the ball alive and getting extra opportunities to shoot. Um, you know, looking at Missouri, um, they're, they're a better shooting team than South Carolina is, um, believe it or not. 
um, and they and they don't really turn the ball over either. So um, Gamecocks are probably evenly matched against Missouri, especially on the road. Um, right now, it's you know it's kind of a must win uh, for for both programs. Obviously, the Gamecocks need to need to get some more road wins on their resume. And you know Missouri right now is eight and seven. Um, their losses, you know, I'm not going to fault them for losing to Memphis, Kansas, Seton Hall, Illinois, um, Kentucky, even Georgia. But right now Missouri's zero and two. They don't want to fall to zero and three in the SEC and and to five hundred on the season. So I think you're going to get a very motivated Missouri team um, coming in for the, coming up for the Gamecocks. Uh, Gamecocks are um, thirteen and two on the season, I believe. Uh, Gamecocks are thirteen and two. Um, Gamecocks got to keep doing what they've been doing to be successful this year. We've talked about that enough. Um, looking at Ken Palm right now, Ken Palm has the Gamecocks to have a projected final season record of twenty and eleven and eight and ten in the conference. Um, right now, it's tracking to what I had in the pre preseason. Um, I thought the Gamecocks were going to lose two games in the non-con. They only lost one, being a five-point loss to Clemson. But the good thing that the Gamecocks have going for them right now is last night could not have gone better for the Gamecocks And when you talk about results around the rest of the country. Um, the Gamecocks now have a 3-2 and two record in Quad 1 games, a 0-0 zero and zero record against Quad 2 opponents, and a 10-0 and record against Quad 3 and Quad 4 opponents. So the Gamecocks have, I believe they're tied for the most Quad 1 wins in the SEC. And, and that's why when I got on the show the other day, I kind of talked to you guys about a loss is a loss. Yeah, was it ugly? Was it hard to watch? Did the Gamecocks want to lose by as many points as they did? Yeah, no, they didn't want to do that. But at the same time, the committee, when they're looking at this, they're going to look a heck of a lot more at a 3-2 and two quad one record than they are, oh, wow, the Gamecocks got blown out by Alabama. Um, the Gamecocks have got to continue to rack up quad one and quad two victories. I think at bare minimum, the Gamecocks need to be, you know, well, not bare minimum, but if the Gamecocks are have a, have a 500 record against quad one and quad two opponents at the end of the regular season, the Gamecocks should feel pretty good. Um, it gets a little squirrely if they get to a sub 500 record against quad one and quad two opponents, um, especially if the Gamecocks also, you know, have a quad three or quad loss, quad four loss on their resume. I'm looking at it right now, and I look at this, you know, pretty much all the time now. Uh, Gamecocks only have. It looks like four more opportunities this year to pick up a quad three or quad four loss. But I always remind folks when you're looking at the net and the net ranking and all of that, the net is a sorting tool. Um, this is going to change. Um, if Virginia Tech and Grand Canyon and Clemson, you know, start getting blown out by other teams, start losing multiple games that they're supposed to win, <clears throat> you're going to lose the quad one win that you have right now. So, the best thing that you can do for the Gamecocks right now, if you're a fan, is is pull for the Gamecocks. Obviously, we all pull for the Gamecocks all the time. But you need to pull for the Gamecocks, and you need to pull for every team that the Gamecocks have beaten. Uh, Mississippi State getting that big win against Tennessee um, two nights ago, or last night. That was huge for the Gamecocks. Uh, Mississippi State is now a quad one win. Uh, Virginia Tech's a quad one win, and Grand Canyon are. And then they have... Two quad one losses, and those are to Clemson and to Alabama. Um, I think those losses are probably going to stay in the quad one range the rest of the season. So, um, feeling pretty good about that. But you really don't want to see any of these quad one wins, or, or too many of them, sw um, 
slide into quad two or, you know, the team goes on a, a losing streak quad three. So um, I did this math yesterday. The Gamecocks have seven quad one opponents the rest of the way, five quad two opponents the rest of the way, three quad three opponents and one quad four. Uh, Gamecocks need to find a way to lose no more than one of those remaining quad three, quad four games, I think, because the, the non-conference schedule is just probably not quite up to par of some other teams around the country. So, you know, got to win the games against quad three and quad four. If you drop one, it's not going to kill you, but you're going to need to find a way to, um, you know, going the rest of the season, you got 12 opportunities against quad one and quad two as it stands right now. <clears throat> if you can go six and six, you know, 500 record, um, you're probably going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, if you drop, you know, some of those, that's not going to be the end of the world, but it still means that you probably have some work to do in the SEC tournament. If you, you know, if you go ahead and, you know, do what you did all season and go 13 and two the rest of the way, or, you know, two losses the rest of the season, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament no matter what. I, I think that the Gamecocks are solidly in the field right now. If I was doing bracketology, um, you know, just off the cuff in, in this, you know, I'm speaking to you guys live. I haven't done it, and I will do it again this weekend. But Gamecocks are probably looking at like a, a 9, 10, or 11 seed right now. I'd probably say a 10 seed, um, which is solidly in the tournament. So as long as you keep doing what you're doing, you know, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And I know that Gamecock fans would, would love to um, watch their Gamecocks play in the NCAA tournament, which the Gamecocks have not done since their Final Four run. Um, a few years back and you know let's just think about it guys when Gamecocks have been to a final four I never thought I would see that in my lifetime and and Gamecocks have an opportunity to make some noise not only this year um, but you know a lot of years going forward as well so that's where things stand with college basketball um, you know before you know it college baseball is going to be here I mean we're probably just a shade over a month away until um, college baseball kicks off and that's going to be exciting um, if there's no better person to follow for Gamecock College Baseball than John Whittle on TheBigSpur.com and then obviously Jamie Bradford on um, Inside the Gamecocks, the show. So make sure you're, you're staying, tune, staying in tune there. Um, Gamecocks picked up a transfer from Florida State. Uh, pretty, pretty, good little fo- pretty good little baseball player. I say little. I don't know. He's just a younger guy and all, all kids are little to me now that I'm 35. But um, looking to see if they can get him eligible for this season. But if not, he, he will practice with the team the entire season and, um, and be with them next year. But, yeah, stay locked in on all that stuff. Stay locked in on the Gamecocks. It's fun time of year. We got college basketball going on. We got all this NCAA football <coughs> scuttlebutt, um, new coaches that are coming to the program. And before you know it, not only is college baseball going to be here, but, but spring practice is going to be here for football as well. And Gamecocks all look forward to the Lenore Sellers era. era at um in college in college football in, in the Williams Bryce Stadium. So um looking at it, I'm gonna see if there's any really great games this weekend in college basketball that you want to be aware of. Um Gamecocks play I think believe at three thirty on um Saturday at Missouri. Uh looking at Saturday's slate, you got Alabama at Mississippi State. Um it would be fantastic if Alabama um could find a way to lose on the road to Mississippi State. Alabama's favored by two, according to Ken Palm. Uh, Kentucky at Texas A&M. <clears throat> I should say that Alabama at Mississippi State is an 8.30 tip on SEC Network. 
Uh, at 2 p.m. on ESPN on ESPN on Saturday, you got Kentucky at Texas A&M. Uh, looking down the line, uh, Tennessee at Georgia at 12 p.m. Um, that game, Tennessee is favored by eight points on Ken Palm. Uh, Georgia's been a scrappy bunch. You might want to pay attention to that game because the Gamecocks will face the Bulldogs um, just uh, a few days after this Missouri game, and it'll be a home game, I believe. So I um, want to get out there to watch the Gamecocks play against Georgia. Um, looking through here, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of SEC games. Arkansas at Florida um, doesn't really impact the Gamecocks right now. Uh, Notre Dame plays Florida State. Um, Notre Dame's been playing better as of late. You want to pull for Notre Dame over the Florida State Seminoles. If you care, <coughs> Frank Martin travels on the road with his UMass Minutemen to go play Rhode Island at 2 p.m. Does not look like it's on TV, um, so you won't get to watch Frank there. Um, yeah, got a couple games. Let's look on Sunday really quick. Uh, Sunday, not really seeing anything with the SEC. So, um, like I said earlier, <clears throat> make sure you're paying attention to the teams that the Gamecocks have played so far this season. If you want to, you know, pull for where the Gamecocks need, um, as much as it, as much as it pains you, you got to root for Clemson. I'm sorry. It's fact of life when it comes to NCAA tournament. Trust me, even though Clemson lost to North Carolina the other night, um, while I was happy for the loss, I was also kind of sad because I need the Gamecocks resume to get a little bit better going forward. But that's going to do it for tonight's show of the Late Night Gamecock Show. Um, I thank you so much for listening. You guys know this. I appreciate it so much. You give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. So anything you need from me, you can reach me. Um, at late night Gamecock show at gmail.com. You can find me on the Big Spur message boards under the username Matt Anderson. And I have a Twitter account. I got to get better at looking at it. But it's um, the letter L, the number 8, um, then N-I-T-E for night, Gamecock show. Um, so at late night Gamecock, I believe is what it is. I don't think the show is on there. I got to look. But anyway, uh, appreciate all of y'all. Thank you again for listening. And if I can... Um, help you out in any way, just let me know, and um, we'll talk to you Monday night. Have a good one. Go Cox.